Here's what I want everybody to do. I want everyone who uh, doesn't like to live in America. Because here's the thing. I want to say probably like over like the past month, I've seen a lot. More like the past year, but it's been ticking up over like the past month. Is um is I've seen a lot of people like make posts and videos about why they don't like America and and why they think that this country sucks or why they don't like living here or whatever the case may be. Now, it's obviously not a perfect country. I'm not saying it is, but I want anyone who feels that way who does who lives in this country who has a pretty good life they are not necessarily oppressed um they're not starving they're not homeless you know they they have freedoms or whatnot i want them to um i want them to look at cuba look at cuba straight in the eye and tell them that you don't like living in america and then uh and um and trade places with them now normally whenever we do these you know I'll talk for like 30 minutes and then play something but I'm a, I'm a start it off with with this uh this video that I saw I saw this video and this guy he uh I guess he made it closer to 4th of July and I just saw it not too long ago and he lists he lists all the reasons why he doesn't like America and why he thinks that this country is the way it is. Now, once again, I'm not saying that this country is perfect, but I've just seen the trend of people who are expressing why they don't like this country. And I've, I don't know if I've said it before on here, but I've definitely said it in my head. It's It's so frustrating when most of the reasons are Especially if they're coming from like a white person, where most of the reasons are, I don't like this country because, you know, black people are being held down or they're oppressed or this, that, and the third. As a black person, that is uh, extremely frustrating because I just want to, I just want to like jump inside of my phone and then grab his phone or her phone, whoever's saying this crap, and, and break it. Because I'm like, let, let, like, let's switch positions for a day, and then you'll see that my life is essentially just like yours. Everyone has their own individual experiences, obviously, but in the overall sense, uh, it's not what people think. Everyone tends to believe whatever they hear on the news or on the internet, which I feel as though it's common sense to not do that, where you shouldn't believe everything you hear on the internet or on the news but it's so accessible, it's kind of hard not to, I guess. So I'm going to go ahead and play this. I'm going to shut up, and I'm going to play this. He kind of goes really fast and mushes everything he says together. So after I play it, I'm going to read what he says because he has, like, subtitles. So I'm going to go ahead and shut up and play it for you. I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. Unless you're black or gay or poor or you're Muslim or transgender or a woman or disabled or an immigrant or anything that's not a straight white Christian able-bodied man. Do you still wonder why I don't love this place? It's 
because I'm always looking over my shoulder to make sure I don't get hate crime since that's a common thing in America. And black people get jailed and killed by the state a lot because America was built on white supremacy and that still hasn't changed. Even though 244 years of past slavery is still legal and capitalism has already begun killing us by denying life-saving healthcare to people who don't give the money and the world's on fire and melting because of corporate greed and so many people are just so stupid. Yeah, so I don't know how much of that you uh, could make out because you started to get real animated towards the end. So I'll just read it, and then we'll break it down. And then we'll, we'll, we'll look at it in relation to what's happening in Cuba. So it says, I'm proud to be a... Amer- oh, Lord Jesus. All these damn notifications. It says, I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free... Um, unless you're black or gay or poor or Muslim or transgender or a woman or disabled or an immigrant. Um, and that does not apply to straight, white, Christian, able-bodied men. Uh, do you still wonder why I don't love this place? It's because I'm always looking over my shoulder to make sure I don't get hate crimed, since that's a common thing in America And black people get jailed and killed by the state a lot because America was built on white supremacy. And that still hasn't changed. Oh, my. Um, Even though 244 years have, um, have passed, slavery is still legal. Wow, I didn't know that. And capitalism has already begun killing Killing us by denying life-saving health care to people who don't have to to people who don't give the money. Give wow. See, it sounds like I'm illiterate. I promise you, I'm not. Every word doesn't have a space in between, so it's all like one big blob. So I'm trying my best. Where capitalism has already begun killing us by denying life-saving health care to people who don't give the money. Um. And the world is on fire and melting because of corporate greed. And so many people are just stupid and hateful. But happy 4th of July. <laughs> so, I just want to break this down. Because, I, I like I said, the, m- mostly what I want to talk about is Cuba. But in relation to this country and how people view it. As opposed to what is actually going on in a real oppressed country. Or state or region. However you describe it. Um, so it says he's proud to be an American where at least he knows he's free unless you're black, gay, poor, Muslim, transgender, a woman, disabled, or an immigrant. So I'm gonna just go down the line. Um, because I didn't know that these people weren't free, but I'm gonna just say what I think. Maybe I'm wrong, but who knows? Um, he says, unless you're, unless you're black, well, I'm black and I'm free, so I don't really need to go into much explanation there I mean I'm I don't know I I don't even know what to say to that I I feel like I've already said everything that I needed to say Uh, I I guess there's never really enough to say but trust and believe you heard it here first from a black person that yes we are free we are no longer enslaved we have the ability to make our own choices everyone's life might not be the exact same some people might be farther along than others but at the end of the day, that's life in a nutshell. I mean, 
that that has very little to do with skin color nowadays. Contrary to popular belief, I'm a black person, and you heard it here first. Um, you're not free if you're poor. Well, you still have the freedom to make your own choices within the, I, I don't know, like the, I don't know, like, what am I trying to say? Like within your capabilities. Um, for some people, the choices that they have made have got them into the position that they're in. For other people, they were dealt a bad hand or something uh, tragic happened that was out of their control. And maybe if the world was a little bit nicer, we could actually help each other. Instead, we cry and complain and moan about the fact that we all hate each other because we're a different color, but then want to promote that everyone should include everyone else. I don't know. It's weird. It's um very ironic because no one else is bringing up these issues but us. And by us, I mean people. So take it for what it is. Um, or Muslim, I I think someone just pulled that out of out of left field or out of thin air. Um, if you are Muslim, you are free in the United States. Um, so maybe he's just trying to throw something in there. Uh, or transgender. Um, well, whenever people, whenever rational people have a discussion about that, they're mostly talking about the the science because here's here's the funny part is that science and 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 that whole world is only um like you can only use it whenever it, it best suits your argument but then when you try to use it in other departments then you know it's either uh, hateful or you are going against somebody's basic human rights or whatnot I think that's the argument. Now, I'm not going to get into it here because that's not what this episode is about. But I think that's where that argument comes from when you're talking to rational people is they're discussing the science behind it. That's just my opinion, but I don't know. Uh, you're not free if you're a woman. Uh, well, that's a lie, um, particularly because I like I live with women Um I've lived with women. I've been around women. Um, I I know this one woman. She's my mom. She's free. So I I don't know. I just I just thought I should throw that out there. She's a woman, so I can tell you firsthand that she's free. So I I guess I can. I don't know. I I guess that's the bunk too. Oh, uh, you're not free if you're disabled. Like I said, once again, I feel as though that's just out of left field just to further this this uh, argument that anyone who is not a white man is is free, but okay. Or an immigrant. Well, that is an issue of United States law, and I understand that some people um, take issue to it, which is fine. If you take issue to the, to the law, then that's fine. I know some people make the argument that this land was stolen. I guess so, but... Why aren't we harping on the fact that almost the entire world was conquered by, like, almost any part of the world was conquered by somebody. That's how it how it was. And for all the people who want to make that argument, I, I said this in a couple episodes ago, and I'll say it again. Uh, stop collecting an American paycheck. Um, 
give up your American property and give it to someone who you feel has been oppressed or 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 give it to someone who you feel has um, had their stuff stolen from them. That's what I would say. Now, I'm not trying to be insensitive because, you know, there, there there's obviously people out there who have been oppressed or who have had land taken from them, but that's the entire world. So if that's the issue, then we all just need to throw our hands up and do away with all the possessions and the the sovereignty that we have now. That's a pretty simple uh, solution. Instead of crying and complaining about it. You understand what I'm saying? It's like there are ways to do things, but most people just want to cry and complain about it. So if we want to um, give back the land that we stole, then we just need to do that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but the main people who are on that front line are the people who are co- who are collecting the most benefits that this country has to offer. Uh, and then he goes on to say that you're free if you're... The only people who are free are straight, white, Christian, able-bodied men. Uh, well, that's not true because I just debunked everything, I think, in my personal opinion. Uh, there are many people who are free in this country. A lot of what you do is uh, based on the choices that you make, you know, um... It's a very simple concept. There's not much to say about that. Um, Then he goes on to say, I'm always looking over my shoulder to make sure I don't get hate-crimed, since that's uh, a common thing in America. Well, you can get hate-crimed anywhere. Uh, So it's not specific to America, but that's, a, I, I guess, a selling point to this narrative that America sucks or whatever. Um... Black people get jailed and killed by the state a lot because America was built on white supremacy, and that hasn't changed. Oh, my. Oh, my. Okay. Well, there are many states in this country that don't support the death penalty, so that's issue number one that wasn't addressed. Uh, Number two, by the state, if you mean law enforcement, we've talked about this before already. But if we want to be specific, yes, it's wrong, in my opinion, whenever someone gets killed, a life is a life. People tend to treat it as a statistic, which is messed up, in my opinion. But the reality of the situation is that black people make up 13% of the population, yet commit over 50% of violent crime, which means that they are more likely to have run-ins with police officers. And if you want to look at who's doing the real killing... Police officers kill white people at a higher clip than they kill black people. Uh, In terms of black homicides, only 0.2% of them every single year are made up of police officers, white police officers at that, killing unarmed black men. I understand that that's the narrative that's been popularized throughout the past, like, year or whatnot. Well, it only makes up 0.2% of black homicides Every single year, so I don't really know about that one. And then on top of that, black people kill each other at a much higher clip than white people kill each other. So this is not me saying that these issues don't matter in the sense that if a police officer kills a black person, it doesn't matter. Of course it matters. 
And people should be pissed off and outraged about it, uh, especially depending on the severity of the situation. Like if 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 you if uh, the police officer could have done absolutely anything else to prevent that from happening, but statements like this are false. Be like, or they're not. They're not false, but they're um, they're they're misconstrued in the sense that this individual is painting the picture, and this this video, which was on TikTok, got a lot of attention, and that's why I'm bringing it to the forefront because people like this, and this is a white person, will 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 believe this stuff. I I I would bet a lot of money that this dude didn't do any, didn't didn't look at anything, did no research, didn't read an article, didn't watch a video, did nothing, just saw something on social media or the news, and ran with it and became a certified social justice warrior. So, and then the whole thing about white supremacists, um, or white supremacy still hasn't you know. Well, this country was built on white supremacy, and that still hasn't changed. Um, well, that's weird because, if I'm not mistaken, uh, sports, entertainment, music, um, now politics, a lot of the industries are dominated by black people. The Olympics, all of the coverage is about black people. You know, the, the spelling bee. Spelling bee. Uh, the... 13-year-old girl who won, she's black. Guess what happened after she won the spelling bee? They essentially took a deep dive into her life and reported on every aspect of it. Her spelling, her sports, any extracurricular activity that she's a part of, they reported on it. I think she might even I think she even went on a freaking talk show. So, yeah, that, I don't know about that one. Oh, speaking of white supremacy, LeBron James just became the first NBA player to have a million, a billion dollars in career earnings. So congrats to LeBron James in the name of white supremacy. Let's give him a round of applause. There we go. All right. Um, he said white supremacy is still here, even though 244 years uh, of even though it's been 244 years and slavery is still legal. Now that one I didn't know. I'm not even gonna say much about that because I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know slavery was still legal. I didn't know black people were in in, in chains on cotton fields being forced to pick it. So hmm. I guess you learn something new every day that's crazy. Uh capitalism has already begun killing us by denying life saving health care to people who don't give them money. I'm assuming them is either the government or uh or like hospitals or things like that. Now, if you want to look at a situation like this, okay, ideally it would be great if people like like all people, it doesn't matter who and it doesn't matter what the situation is, could just walk into a hospital and uh and say, "Hey, this is what's going on and and this is what I need to do. Or this is what I need fixed or whatever. And they um, they got the help that they needed and then could walk away. And that's that, right? That would be fantastic. But considering the fact that 
uh, hospital workers need to get paid. The hospital itself needs to get paid. Um, the hospital needs funds to acquire supplies to pay for the electric bill. There's just so many uh, variables, right? So many variables. Um, so with that being said, like I said, the former would be fantastic. And if you want that, like go to Canada. But I'm going to tell you the difference, the difference here, right? Because people think that when you think, when, when you say like universal health care or whatnot, everyone gets free health care, they get the best care, and America needs to catch up, right? Like that, that, that's the, uh, I guess, conception. In most cases, it's a misconception. But that's the idea, is that you have free health care, and everyone gets the best care, the most elite care, whenever they need it, right? Well, in America, you have private health care. Um, you have health care um, provided through your job, all those things. You have insurance, you know, a, a bunch of other things too. So whenever you go to a hospital or whatnot and you have those things, more times than not, you will get the care that you need, correct? Because you have the money to fund it, right? Like I said, in a perfect world, you wouldn't need to. But then you go to a place that has universal health care, right, where they can essentially serve anybody, anybody and everybody, and no one has to foot the bill. But the money has to come from somewhere, right? You can't just use resources. You can't just use people and their time and having them help people and using up the hospital's resources and whatnot. And then everyone just goes home as if the money is just not a factor. No, universal health care doesn't mean free. Just like free college doesn't really mean free. There's always something on the back end that people don't see, right? So you go and you have all those things. But maybe your cost of living is higher. Or maybe if you want to keep it specifically with healthcare, because it's free, quote unquote free, you may be on a waiting list to get care. And what has happened in, in, in many different regions in which they have health, like free universal healthcare, however you want to describe it, is that. If they have multiple people who have some type of illness, what they will most likely do in some situations is evaluate who is more fitting to receive the care. Because like I said, if they're not asking you to pay a bill, if they're not sending you a bill in the mail, if they're not asking you for any insurance, this is quote unquote free health care, right? Well, the money has to come from somewhere. And I don't care how many times you say free, you can't get to everybody. You can't help everybody. So there are many situations in which a choice has has to be made, right? Where let's say that you have a 30-year-old with a heart problem, and then you have a 75-year-old with a heart problem. And they're both at the hospital saying, hey, I need help. And the hospital slammed, and they got all these people that they already got to take care of, and they don't have the resources or maybe the capabilities to get to both. 
So guess what they'll do is they will tend to the 30-year-old because the 30-year-old has a better chance of, uh, of uh, surviving maybe a potential surgery or, or thriving on any medications as opposed to a 75-year-old. And in some other countries, some lesser countries, people are left to die if they either don't have the money to provide um, or to cough up if they need health care. Or, in that previous analogy, they are worse off than the other person who has the same condition as them or a similar condition, but that person is either younger or in better physical condition. You understand what I'm saying? So, free is not free. You understand? Like, it's just not. There's, there's always a catch to something. So, you can look at it however you want, whether you're for capitalism or socialism or communism. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Just know why you're for which one instead of being a sheep and just thinking that a capitalist society is killing people because they require you to provide money for services that you would like to have. You know, that's just the world that we live in. Even in a socialist economy, you still need money for things, right? It might not be on the scale as capitalism, but you still need it. But moving on. He then goes on to say that the world is on fire and melting because of corporate greed. Uh, I can really make this into a very simplistic answer. It's not that hard to, uh, to break this one down. Most people think that corporations are greedy and that they just want money and that that's why they don't pay workers a million dollar an hour wage, right? Now, take it from me. I would love to get paid a whole bunch of money an hour. To Ideally, I like to have my own thing and, 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 or my own business or whatnot and, and just do that. But let's say that I am working for somebody else. I would love to make a lot of money an hour. I would love it. But the simple answer is that the person who owns the business, they carry the risk that goes into the into that business, right? So it doesn't matter what business you own. Um, the worker does not carry any of the risk. If that company goes under, maybe they go bankrupt, whatever, and a worker loses their job, that's unfortunate. But they don't have to deal with everything that that goes into a company going under or a company going bankrupt, like an entire company, not just losing your job. And when you put into into that perspective, I'm not saying that people just have to throw their hands up and be like, oh, okay, I'll just accept whatever I, I whatever I'm making. But it, it puts, at least in my perspective, a new perspective on this so-called corporate greed um, in the sense that as a CEO or an owner of a company, you acquire the most risk out of anybody within that company if your company does bad or if it goes under or whatever the case may be. So that's a very simple answer. But I'm just I'm just going point by point on what this individual is saying. Um, he says, and so many people are just so stupid and hateful. I can agree with that. People are stupid, people are hateful, people are very, very mean. If we were all just nice to each other, I don't know. 
you know, the the, the world wouldn't be such a, a a daunting place, right? But the reason that I I bring that video up and 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 whatnot is because whenever I look at somebody like that and they have a reach to so many people, whenever they're talking and their rhetoric is that America is either a bad country or they don't like it or whatnot. I just I just sit there and I'm like, okay. You really, really, really are are, are most likely spoiled. Gotta be. Because then if you look anywhere else outside, you will see that some real stuff is going down. And by outside, I mean Cuba. Now, Cuba is under a communist regime, right? That's why they're in the streets and they're marching and they're protesting and they're expressing their disdain for it because they have little to no freedom, right? They have little to no freedom. You can even see it in the protest. If I can uh, remember, I'll put a link to a picture in the description on whatever platform you're listening to this on. But there are Cubans in the streets of Cuba who are wielding American flags. Like, yeah, they're wielding their Cuban flags and whatnot as well, but they are wielding American flags, United States flags, right? So in my head, that's like, okay, the United States ideally is a symbol of freedom. As you come here and you have the ability to make something of your life. It doesn't always happen, but you will at least have that option, right? Life isn't life isn't like this sunshine and rainbows type thing, right? Because it's not that people think that America is oppressive and that they're holding certain people down. Uh, that's just not the case. You got a you got a, a an island that is uh expressing its uh disdain for communism while waving american flags so in my opinion they know what's up <laughs> it's as simple as that but when you look at cuba and they're you know doing what they're doing like it is it's even hard to get real coverage there right because what's been happening is that the Cuban government has been shutting down the internet over in Cuba so that people can't take pictures and videos and post them to the internet. Now it hasn't worked as well because those videos are still going up, but it could be a whole lot more if they weren't doing that. But obviously they're doing that because they want to... Communism is... Everyone is on the same playing field, but that 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 level is very very low. There 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 is no uh, there's essentially there's no middle class, right? It's you're either poor or you're a part of the government or the ruling class or whatever the case may be. So I found it very very funny when I saw a tweet from Black Lives Matter and it's their official Twitter account in which they said, rest in power, Fidel Castro. Now, I saw that, and I'm like, whoa. Is there something that I don't know? But I, I, I've i had a theory about all these social 
justice like organizations, the government itself. Uh, and I'm gonna get into that in a second, but I just wanted to look this man up because I I, I had an idea of what he was or who he was specifically, but I just wanted to look it up just because I didn't want to, um, you know, I didn't want to put any misinformation out there and and, and just talk out of out of my, you know what. Uh, so I looked it up. Fidel Castro. Uh, he died November twenty fifth, two thousand sixteen. So Fidel Castro, political leader of Cuba from nineteen fifty nine to two thousand eight, who transformed his country into the first communist state in the Western Hemisphere. Castro became a symbol of a communist revolution in Latin America. Castro had come to power with the support of most Cuban city dwellers on the basis of his promises to restore the 1940 Constitution, create an honest administration, reinstate full civil and political liberties, and undertake moderate uh, undertake moderate reforms. But once established as Cuba's leader, he began to pursue more radical policies. Cuba's private commerce and industry were nationalized. Sweeping land reforms were instituted, and American businesses and agricultural estates were um, uh, exported. Uh, the United States was alienated by these policies and offended by Castro's fiery new anti-American rhetoric. His trade agreement with the Soviet Union in February 1960 further de- deepened American distrust. In 1960, uh, most economic ties between Cuba and the United States were severed, and the United States broke diplomatic relations with the island country in January 1961. In April of that year, the United States government secretly equipped thousands of Cuban exiles to overthrow Castro's government. Uh, Their landing at the Bay of Pigs in April 1961, however, was crushed by Castro's armed forces. So uh, I I saw that and I'm like, wow, you mean like you're essentially as an organization, you can't get around it, right? You're essentially expressing your support for this man who was uh like the 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 face of communism in the west in the western world this man is the face of communism right uh and uh and like i said people people were like uh like like commenting under it and 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 just like very very shocked now me personally i wasn't shocked because if you look at the organization as a whole, because that's what it is now. It's an organization. You could call it a corporation. I mean, they, they, they've grown like to, to, to such a, 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 a scale, to such a size, that that's what they are now, right? You know, they, 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 they are essentially a, a, a low-level social justice government or organization. That's essentially what they are, right? Um, they make a lot of money. They have a lot of influence. They can essentially do whatever it is that they want. Now, 
the 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 deal about socialism and communism is that there is no middle class. You have people at the bottom and then people at the top, right? That that that's what that is. So whenever this organization, what started off as a movement, has turned into an organization, a corporation, has finessed its way to the top. They're sitting at the table. They're sitting at the, the at the head of the table, essentially. Making all this money, having all this influence, they are now in a position to express the things that they really want to express without, um, you know, without really experiencing too much uh, uh, blowback. I mean, they, they, they got some, some, some crap for it, but nothing, you know, real sustainable that could, like, put them in place or check them. And it's crazy because of how many... Uh, Cubans expressed their support for Black Lives Matter when all that was going on. Then they turn around and then they they do this. So I I was looking at it and I'm like, okay. At first I'm like, this isn't real. Can't be real, right? I'm not surprised, but I'm just looking at it and I'm like, this. there's no way that they said this, right? There's absolutely no way. But you have to understand at this is why this is why it is so important. And I know I've made references to the title of of this podcast, but I made it what it was for a very, very, very specific reason. These people, whether they're a part of these organizations or these groups or a part of the government, whatever the case may be, they do not care about you. It's as simple as that. It is very, very simple. And too many people don't care enough about themselves. They look to these government organizations or these social organizations or whatnot to care about them more than they care about themselves. Prime example. We talked about this in a, like, probably like a month ago or something like that. Kamala Harris, uh, throughout her entire campaign and then when she lost, uh, became Joe Biden's, Joe Biden's running mate. A big selling point for them was to not turn people away at the border, to let everybody in, you know, to to blame Donald Trump for the immigration issues. And I guess kids in cages was the term that was coined, even though that was going on uh, way before that. But it's not the point. The, the, the point is, is that she was looking to use that her and Biden, they were looking to use that as a platform to stand on, to be to to get elected. Ultimately, it was the mail-in voting and COVID that got them there, but that was a big selling point. Was the whole immigration thing, because Donald Trump is hard on immigration, and they push that he's you know racist or 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 mean or whatever the case may be. I don't you know know specifically what they said off the top of my head. But it was along those lines, right? As soon as they get in the office, one of the uh, it, it one of the first things Joe Biden does is he dumps the whole border crisis issue off on Kamala. He doesn't want to deal with it. Then for her, it takes her two, three months to actually visit the border. Every time she's asking, she's asked about it. She starts cackling. That's literally all she was doing. 
She's uncomfortable. She doesn't want to answer the questions, probably. So she finally goes to the border, right? Finally goes to the border. She, now, for the longest time, her and Biden, primarily her, have been expressing how it's unconstitutional to turn people away and to not let people in this country or whatnot, even though we have an issue of homelessness and we are $20 trillion in debt and, uh, and we just have so many issues that we fail to address. But it's wrong to turn people away. So from an ethical, moral perspective, yes. Um, from a logical perspective, we have to deal with the issues that we have in-house before we can really address that effectively. That's just my opinion. But the point that I'm trying to make is that as soon as she got what she wanted, which was to be in office, she's essentially the president. Essentially. Now, I wish no ill will on anybody, but I would be very, very surprised if Joe Biden made it through his presidency, let alone another term. You know, I I saw a report the other day, or actually it might have been a day, actually, in which people were like talking about the 25th Amendment or whatnot, essentially removing him from office because they don't believe he's um, like medically fit. Or to run the country. Now, I don't think that that's going to happen. I just saw a report about it, but who knows? It could happen. If that does happen, she becomes president. If he um, doesn't essentially, I guess for lack of a better term, survive his term, she becomes president. So she gets what she wants. She's in office, and then she could parade around as the first black or Asian, or Indian, whatever she identifies as, vice president, and then eventually the president, if it gets to that point. But she gets into office, she has what she wants. Now she can say what she really wants to say, right? Which immediately, she's like, hey, if you plan on coming to this country, don't come. If you plan on coming over here illegally, don't come. Even though before, she was like, it's unconstitutional to turn people away. As soon as she gets in office and get, gets what she wants and the dust settles and, and pe- like the entire world's eyes aren't on her anymore, then she's like, hey, don't come. Do not come. It's as simple as that. So trust and believe. The government, they don't care about you. They want you to do what they want you to do so that they can get what they get, right? Very, very true. Hold that thought, though, because we're not done with that. But all the stuff that's going on in Cuba is, um, I don't, I, I think it's, it, it is, it's sad because, like I said, the fact that there are still governments out there who uh, openly hold their their people down. Yet we're over here trying to pretend as though we're going through some real stuff compared to them. Come on now. I'm talking about the country as a whole. Like we we always we we, we want to hype up our, our like the stuff that's going on over here. They're living in communism. So I enough said there. But I'm a um I'm gonna play another uh another video real quick. It's um it's a few minutes long and um and it just kind of gives the rundown of of these uh these couple of guys who are working with uh 
with Cubans to get the information here to the states so that people can know what's going on. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and shut up and I'm going to play this real quick. It was a movement that started organically out of pain and frustration. Calls for democracy and freedom in Cuba, unlike anything seen since the country's 62-year-old communist regime came to power. Calls spreading far and wide, led by a younger generation armed with something new, social media. Do you think this movement could have happened without social media? Not at all, no. Alejandro Gonzalez and Michael Rodriguez have become famous as Los Pichi Boys, two cousins turned social media sensation, with more than half a million followers who have been uploading videos to their Instagram account from users in Cuba so that the world can see what is happening. Even when the Cuban government shut down the internet to keep images of protesters from getting out. And the only thing that they have to defend themselves is the social medias, and they even cut internet so they can show out what is happening inside there. This movement started on social media, and uh, and the young people from Cuba are tired of living under a communist regime where they don't have any future. I mean, you all have really been doing the job of many reporters, getting information de la isla from the island to everyone here in this international community. Are you surprised by the level of feedback and engagement your social media posts have received? Since the media and, and the press in Cuba is controlled by the state, they go out and street in the morning, they do all the protests, they try to film most thing they can at a nine, two, three, four in the morning, that's when they send us the videos because that's when they have better signal. We go online every single day until 4, 5 in the morning talking to them. And yes, it's a big responsibility, but it's our duty. They made us famous. We need, we need to make them free. I went back to study and live in Cuba back when I was younger. And when you would talk to people, no one was public in their criticism. And so now to see people in the streets is something I could never have imagined after living there. Could you? Never. No, never. I never, and, and you're saying that now, and I'm, and I'm getting goosebumps. I always thought that Cuba was going to be free, but I never thought I was going to see it with my own eyes. And when we, were, when we saw that on Sunday, we were in tears watching what was going on, because you can see an entire Iceland rising up, chanting for freedom. Those memories make you emotional. Of course. Why? I'm a father. I'm a father. I have, I have, I have two, two kids. And I would give my life for them. And, and I don't know what, what, what's going to happen for me if I will see my kids like that. That's why they're meeting with lawmakers to put pressure on the Biden administration, calling for change and a roadmap to help Cubans on the island achieve freedom. And they're not alone. Felice Gorordo co-founded Roots of Hope in Miami. And he says this generation and this movement calls for a new approach. His organization is raising funds and awareness to amplify the voices of young Cubans. The young people who are the true agents of change are more empowered and more emboldened than ever before. And I truly believe this is the beginning of the end of this Cuban regime. Why is the younger generation so important to this movement? The ones leading this charge and that to a great extent have sparked this movement 
are our Afro-Cuban brothers and sisters. And they are they are artists that are using their art to inspire a new generation. They are not your typical politicians or activists. And I think it's our responsibility to help amplify those voices and make sure that they're not ground out in this process. And they say they're not stopping until everyone is free. Okay, so, um, it, it, like I said, whenever um, I was listening to that, I, uh, I, I couldn't help but uh, take note of what the Biden administration has been saying about it. Now, a, a big misconception that's been going around is that Cubans are pissed off because there's a COVID outbreak and they don't have the supplies necessary to, uh, to deal with it. Now, that's a valid concern, but trust and believe that's not their main concern as to why they are pissed off and why they are in the streets and, 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 and why they are protesting this. You heard it there. It's because of the way that they just live, period. COVID or no COVID, it's still a communist country. Communist island, communist whatever, regime, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't really matter. It's still communism at the end of the day. And um, I was uh, I was reading this this one article, and oh, I just briefly read over it. I saw something from uh, USA Today. It says, President Joe Biden announced new sanctions Thursday targeting a top Cuban military official and a unit of the government's repressive state security apparatus, which he said was responsible for the brutal crackdowns on historic protests across the island this month. Biden's decision marks a shift from his promises during the campaign when he vowed to restore the Obama-era thaw in U.S.-Cuba policy. Administration officials uh, and Cuba experts say the unprecedented protests in Cuba have prompted a change in Biden's strategy and rhetoric on Cuba. This is just the beginning. The United States will continue to sanction individuals responsible uh, for oppression of the Cuban people, said uh, Biden said in a statement uh, Thursday. Um, in Thursday's action, the White House used a federal human rights law to sanction Alvaro Lopez... Uh, Piera, Minister of Cuba's Revolutionary Armed Forces and Special um, uh, something, uh, something, I don't know how to say the word, something in the government's intelligent um, uh, ministry. Critics of Cuba's communist government applauded the announcement, although it's not clear if the penalties will carry much of a punch. It is likely that Alvaro holds uh, any assets in the United States that could be frozen under Thursday's move, and the Trump administration had already blacklisted Cuba's interior ministry. Um, the sanctions uh, architecture built around Cuba makes these designs, or, or these uh Designations entirely redundant. I'm reading this from far away. I don't. I don't have my glasses on right now. Man, maybe I should get contacts. I don't know. 
I don't like putting things in my eyes. Like, uh, oh, wow. I don't like putting my fingers in my eyes. So I don't know if I could get contacts or not. I probably should, though. But um, it says uh, the sanctions architecture built around Cuba make these designations entirely redundant. He said the sanctions are purely symbolic and meant to give the impression that the Biden administration is responding rapidly to the Cuban protest when these actions really are not doing much. Um, and that was the interesting part. It says Biden faces pressure to keep Trump's Cuba, Cuba policy despite campaign pledge. Now, that's, that's where I wanted to, um, to, uh, to, to look at it. Because, like I said, almost anything that Trump said, Biden said the opposite, including Kamala. So now you're under pressure to essentially stay the course with, with something that most people agreed with. Uh, so you kind of have to retract on that. But as I said earlier, uh, governments that tolerate socialism, governments that tom- that tolerate communism, their goal isn't to have everyone be, um, like, not not be equal, but have equal opportunity as much as possible to make something of themselves. They want everyone to be on the same level, that being a low level, while they're on a high level. That's what that means. So there is immense pressure on this administration because the United States really is the main uh, like entity, country, whatever, that can do something about it, about what's actually going on. They could actually help, honestly. But if you have an administration that... That's not necessarily their goal. Well, I mean, but 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 that's man. That's the thing is these types of governments or or any or any organization that, like I said, finesses its way to the top. Once they get the money, the power, the influence, or whatnot, they want to stay there. So they do all they can to accomplish that, right? They do all they can to accomplish that. And it's uh it, it's starting to show. It's starting to show in the United States uh which I mean I guess at the I guess at the end of the day it just matters how much you care about participating in society and and, and just being a part of the world in general because the government is starting to uh to move their weight around in a sense they're starting to uh like put themselves in various uh industries or or involve themselves in various situations heavily and it's starting to trickle down into other companies or or areas in general so i saw something today and it um it low key blew my mind. Not really. I mean, I I guess I expected it, but um it's unfortunate to see it. Now, one of the misconceptions that uh that people have been making is that Cuba, like I said earlier, is pissed off because COVID is running rampant and they don't have the 
supplies necessary to combat it. That is a valid concern. And if you want to stay, stay that course, right, it's starting to trickle down into the United States in terms of entities uh, enforcing their, their, their self on, on people in general with all of the, all these COVID policies, right? So the NFL came out with a memo. It says, if a game is canceled slash postponed because a club cannot play due to COVID, due to a COVID spike among or resulting from its non-vaccinated players slash staff, then the burden of cancellation or delay will fall on the club experiencing the COVID infection. The memo states, we will seek to minimize the burden on on the opposing club or clubs. If a club cannot play due to a COVID spike in vaccinated individuals, uh, we will attempt to minimize the competitive and economic burden on both participating teams. Now, if there's a COVID spike with a team who has a lot of players or staff that are unvaccinated, instead of rescheduling, they will just, uh, they, that team will be forced to forfeit like the, the game that they had upcoming. And a lot of players started expressing their uh, concern regarding that policy, right? Because ideally you think that, okay, this is a choice that I have to to take this right. You know, if I'm if I'm if I'm just doing me, if I'm managing my own risk at the end of the day, this is a choice that I have, right? Uh and I would like for people to respect that. Now, I'm not killing people if I don't have COVID because COVID doesn't just come out of thin air. Right, you have to get it from somebody, and you can still get COVID even if you are vaccinated. Now, people try to make the argument that this won't happen or that won't happen. Well, just because you're not vaccinated and you get COVID doesn't mean you're going to die on the spot. Doesn't mean you're going to be hospitalized, especially for professional athletes who take care of their bodies, who work out, who build up their immune system in the most natural way possible, if they were to get COVID and they were to detect it and to stay away from people, nine times out of ten, they'd be all right. Right? So whenever I saw that, I'm like, oh, wow. So they're, they're, they're really starting to impose their will on people, right? And it's not just the NFL. It's, it's the country as a whole. But that was the specific one that I saw. And uh, like I said, they're, they're really starting to impose their will on people. They're doing it on planes. They're, they're, they're still heavy on planes where you got to uh, wear a mask on a plane or you can't be on it. But then I saw a picture of like, I want to say like, what was it, like nine or maybe ten um, government officials on a plane with no mask, and they were the ones who were talking about it. And all of them got COVID, which is the craziest thing ever. And they were all vaccinated. That's the craziest part. All vaccinated, all got COVID, but they're, like, trying to force feed that you have to do this and you have to do that. 
they're not subject to do it or because they're already in a position of, of power and influence that they can just uh, play puppet master on everybody else who's under them, right? So that's where real oppression starts to find its way in. Now, this is America. We're not on the level of oppression as we used to be, and we can't even touch it when it comes to places like Cuba who are going through real things, correct? They're going through real things, real oppression. So trust and believe is a slap in the face when somebody gets on TikTok and expresses how black people aren't free, um, minorities in general aren't free, um, anyone, no, no one is free in this country besides straight white men, straight white Christian men. <laughs> so slap in the face to uh, a, a region like Cuba, who is actually not free, right? And then the more you say it, the more it starts to happen, you know? Go, go, in, go in and, and stand in front of a mirror. Say oppression three times. Trust and believe it's going to come. Because <laughs> that's what's starting to happen. Is you aren't going to be able to participate in society and, and do what it is that you normally do, even if you're managing your own risk, because you're not doing what the government wants you to do. You're not doing what an entity wants you to do, right? And it's not just a basic uh, rule or regulation. No, this is a, a the, the the stuff that we're talking about is a matter of your health, correct? So in order to participate, in, in order to be a part of society now, you have to uh you have to do what it is that they say. Mind you, people can make choices about their health in, in, in very specific situations, but when it comes to others, then no. No one can just respect the fact that you don't want to do something, right? Whether you get a vaccine or don't get a vaccine. But, I mean, like I said, regardless of which one you do, it shouldn't really matter that much, right? Because it's a personal health decision. That's what we say in various other situations, right? That is your body, your choice. You can do whatever it is that you want. And people should respect that. But when it comes to this, and people don't want to get it, now we have an issue where you're an anti-vaxxer or... And it's people make terms for everything now. It's the craziest thing ever. But if everyone could just be a little bit... If people could just learn to be considerate of other people's situations and, and ultimately use common sense in the in the way that if you manage your own risk and you don't let something like this consume your life, consume your thoughts, I mean, we can kind of just live like we've been living, right? But you put too much emphasis on shaming people because they're not doing what you want them to do. Well, I mean, like we're moving well into this oppressive state that people so desperately want to be in. You know, we're not there yet. But we're but we're inching closer. But trust and believe we're not on the level of Cuba. So I caution everybody to not disrespect countries who are going through real stuff. Um 
by trying to uh, even even compare to them in the year 2021. It's not possible. Just not possible. You know, American can help Cuba, right? They can. But that's not the goal of uh, of uh, of socialism, of communism, is to give people as much of an equal opportunity as possible to make something of themselves. You know, it's just not the goal. It's as simple as that. But in reference to Cuba, um, it is unfortunate what's happening there. Very unfortunate. And hopefully, uh, someone, some some country, an entity, steps up to invoke some real change there. Hopefully. Because there are many out there that can. <clears throat> I know of one. Because, <laughs> you know, I said I've said this before, if you don't like living here, you can go there. You can go anywhere you want to. And then you can experience that real stuff. Like, I've said this before, I wish I had a time machine where I could put some people in today's age and, and send them back there. Looking at another country situation isn't saying that you got to minimize the issues you have going on in your life. But to blow them up to the scale of that is just straight up wrong. Because then that, that, that shows how spoiled we are, right? Where they're going through real stuff. Their country is literally shutting off their internet to suppress them. So that people don't see what's going on. That's some Nazi stuff, dog. Where where they're they're um showing videos of concentration camps like it's freaking summer camp. Trying to trying to take control of the narrative. In this case, they're just trying to completely shut it down. How's oppression uh or how's that for oppression? Right? How's that for oppression? Because that's some real oppression. And no one should have to experience it. Um, And if there are countries out there who can help, they should do so. Like I said, I know one. But shout out to Cubans out there who are uh, fighting for their freedom because they are not free, right? Like that, 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 the protest that they're doing, the movements that they're creating is in protest for their freedom to combat communism. So shout out to them. Shout out to anybody who's uh, assisting with that. Shout out to any government official who is assisting with that. Um, and any others, take notes. Any others in support of socialism. Extreme socialism, communism, it, like or any other gov- form of government in which the government it, it, it has this overarching presence in which they don't let people live and be free, right? Take notes. It's as simple as that. Shout out to the Cubans, not not the Cuban government, not the communist regime, Cubans. Who are fighting for their freedom. Um, 
you know, because it don't look like any better anybody else is doing it for them. Even though they should. There are many countries out there who can help. America specifically is the one that I've been referring to. Um, you know, but something's got to change. You know, we um, we don't have to put out this narrative that we're going through all this crap that is so fabricated when they're going through some real stuff. You know. So... Anyways, like I said, shout out to anybody who's fighting for the freedom over there. Shout out to anybody who's helping them do that. Uh, with that being said, I love you guys so much. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, remember to go out and live your life because you can. Especially if you live in America, you can. Go out and do something. Go out and live. Go out and start a business as a black person. Prove everybody wrong by, by 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 going out and doing something. Showing everybody that you're not oppressed and that you're not being held down. Go do that. Go live, people. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. And, uh, yeah. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. To continue to listen to Think for Yourself, past and future episodes, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many more that will be linked in the description below on whatever platform you're on. It's completely free and takes two seconds, ideal so that you'll never miss an episode.